0: What's up coaches? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Health IQ. Health IQ is a life insurance agency that specializes in securing lower rates for health-conscious people, including strength trainers, runners, and cyclists among others. Just like saving money on car insurance for being a good driver, Health IQ believes you should save on your life insurance for living a healthy lifestyle. This is the reason that 56% of Health IQ customers save between 4 and 33% on their life insurance. These savings are exclusive to Health IQ. The reason they are able to save their customers up to 33% is because physically active people have a 56% lower risk of heart disease and a 20% lower risk of cancer compared to the people that are inactive. To qualify for these rates, head to healthiq.com slash runthepower and take their health, cycling, or running IQ quiz. Or, if you're like me and work out using an app, you can submit that certified app's data to Health IQ to qualify. Once you qualify, Health IQ doesn't just send your offer to an insurer. It takes you through the journey from when you submit interest to starting your application and going through underwriting and policy-enforced. Policy is underwritten by one of their top partners, an insurer. Coaches, go to healthiq.com slash runthepower to qualify to save up to 33% on your life insurance. Again, that's healthiq.com slash runthepower to take your free quiz to qualify for up to 33% savings on your life insurance with Health IQ. This episode is also sponsored by Amazon's audiobook platform, Audible. Audible is a monthly subscription for audiobooks. They've worked with us and are giving you coaches one month of their subscription site and an audiobook of your choice absolutely free. All you got to do is go to rtpbook.com and sign up for Audible. They'll give you an audiobook and a free month subscription upon sign-up. You can cancel at any time before paying a dollar and still keep the audiobook as a gift from them. Audible has top-selling audiobooks that are great for coaches. Right now I'm listening to Gary Vaynerchuk's Ask Gary and Sam Sheridan's A Fighter's Mind. They're my morning workouts, and they've both been tremendous books so far. It's great for me because when you're a coach, you have very limited time to sit down and read, so you can really multitask with Audible, and it's a great changeup for me from listening to music while I work out. Again, go to rtpbook.com to claim the free audiobook of your choice. Head over to the RTP store. We have two designs as t-shirts, long sleeves, and hoodies. We have our Run the Power and our Will Block for Food designs available. Go get yours today under the store tab at runthepower.com. Now you can run the power in any weather. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Attack Academy. Team Attack Academy is an online football development site for football players and coaches of all levels. It's the most powerful teaching tool introduced into the game today to raise the level of playing and coaching football. After using Team Attack Academy, your athletes and coaches will outplay, outwork, and outsmart their opponents, guaranteed. Go check them out at their website, teamattackacademy.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Michael Huffman, head coach at Bellevue West High School in Bellevue, Nebraska. Coach Huffman won the Nebraska Class A State Championship in 2016 and has produced one of the most explosive offenses in high school football over the past three seasons. Listen as we talk with Coach Huffman about building relationships with players and holding them accountable, Thunderbird football's heat philosophy, and installing and executing an explosive up-tempo offense at the high school level. You can follow Coach Huffman on Twitter at BWFootballCoach. Hope you guys enjoy.
1: It's, it's about to get really good now having you on, man.
2: <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I hope I can trick some people a little bit longer. We had our circle press conference today, and- Boy, that'd be nice to have a team full of those those fellows. Whoa! gonna be all right.
1: <laughs> Did uh, I saw uh, Callahan starting his little uh, his little tour? I think the first stop was Bellevue West, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, we got some we've got some ballers coming back. We've got this uh, Xavier Bed, six three hundred ninety runs like a deer. He's got Iowa, Iowa State, Nebraska, and Minnesota back. He's got Purdue, and then a little bit of the Missouri Valley. South Dakota and South Dakota State, so they started there. But shoot, we we played eight sophomores this year. And we did all right, man. Nine and two. I suppose that's good when you're mad about being nine and two. So we're, we're happy about that, I guess. What I was just telling
1: Coach Harper. I mean, what, what's your guys's record like the last four years? I know you guys won it in 2016. Yeah, so but we you, were 30,
2: 33 and three. We were uh, yeah. What was it in 15? We were we didn't trail the entire season, not a single second. We're playing in the semifinals, and it's my fault I'll never do it again. We got up uh, by three scores. I kind of took off the gas a little bit, started trying to run the clock out, and they are one of those uh, like Air Force, Navy option-type teams. And they end up doggone scoring uh, with less than a minute left to push into overtime. Nebraska's four plays from the 10. Yep. We score on the first play. I run a double-slant corner route because they're – totally cover zero and of course our corner route's wide open. I mean heck I could have thrown it. And we kicked the extra point. They take all four downs. They get the nose and that great film of it, the nose of the ball was on the white line. That's a touchdown. Yep. And these these dirty dogs did rocket toss reverse on us and our guy was home. He stayed home. He just got beat. And oh, it was man. the I mean it, it was over. It's over. So I mean it was like the I've never seen uh, grown men, coaches, kids. I mean, it was uncontrollable sobbing. And it, I mean, it was a 20 minute ride back. We were the number one seed. They actually changed our entire uh, playoff system, seating structure. We were the number one seed, but had to travel on the road at four o'clock because they had upset a team the week before. And uh, another team was hosting at their field, so we had to play at four in the middle of the day. And now, not that it would have mattered. We should have beat them there, too. It was my fault. You know, keep. Keep playing, or uh, you know spread it out, chuck it all over team. So I've learned, man. I won't do that anymore. Get up, just keep going. And I suppose people are mad at you the next day. Uh, you know, it'll come around. So one of these days, I suppose. <laughs> we
0: we we kind of ran into the same problem. I was at when I played uh, college football at Houston, and we were spread around and, mm-hmm. and get a bunch of snaps. And so that was kind of always um, the fine line. Not even necessarily as far as not trying to run it up on people, but what do you do when you've got, you know, whatever, six minutes left in the game and you kind of want to run the clock mm-hmm. out, but uh, it, it's not well, we, really a part of your game?
2: Well, and, and, you know, our kids were completely out of sync, too, because we had slowed it down so much. You know, we really snapped the ball, you know, 18, 17 seconds left, and so here we are running it down under 10, and then all of a sudden they score. You know, now that I think about it, it was about two and a half minutes left when they scored because we got the ball back. But we were out of sync so much from slowing it down that we tried to go hurry up again. We had two drops, you know, and, and then there was, it was a ticky-tack, no pass interference call. third remember in the old shallow concept. And sure enough, the, the guy running the dig was wide open. And uh, they it didn't call it, and so it we had to punt the ball. And we go going overtime. And, I mean, I just learned a lot there. You know, you don't want to run up the score. So I'll bring our other kids in, but I keep running our offense. You know, just because that's what those JV kids do anyway. Instead of just trying to slow it down, slow it down. Now, we had a really nice running back. He was down in Nebraska, and we had played the same team earlier in the year. He ran for 280 yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> but they did a night. Nice, we did a really nice job. They did a much better job tackling, and our, our perimeter guys did a great job in the receiving game. But didn't do as well in the blocking game. And really, in the two by two, three by one spread, if your guys aren't perimeter warriors in the blocking. You, you, you become one-dimensional. So, and that's where we kind of got hurt a little bit this year. Our guys are really dynamic. They're a little small. They're all young. We've got four of our top five receivers back. Uh, so we're, we've been really hitting the weight room hard, trying to get these kids to eat more. I don't know if you guys have as much problem as we do, but they just, these kids don't eat. Like I, I have a seafood diet. I seafood. I eat it. And these that's guys, right. man, it's like, what do you eat for breakfast? I don't know. Well, that's not enough, bud. You know, but you know, do what you can, I suppose
0: we We've got a program at our high school in broken arrow that our our head coach david alexander he's helped us he's helped out the program i think the most is that uh you know he's got bread and and peanut butter and jelly at the at the facilities at all times and then I'm not sure how that's we awesome. get the chocolate milk but we've got chocolate milk and big refrigerators for the kids so that's been one of the um one of the biggest benefits i think at our school is to keep the weight on is is that they they've got peanut butter and jelly uh at, at any time they can want it and, and chocolate milks as well which I mean, as you know, it's great for some of these kids, especially some of them that Mm -hmm. can't necessarily go home and eat as much as you'd like for them to.
2: Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because we were talking as a staff of getting a hold of Robert's dairy to see if we couldn't do something like that uh, after our summer waits. Because, you know, that little 45-minute window everybody talks about of getting something back into you. And that's interesting to hear that you guys do that. I wonder if, you know, about our facility, where we have to get it? pretty big uh, refrigerator and stuff like that. But that's cool, man. These, these kids got to eat no matter how hard you work and how hard you train. If, if you're not eating correctly, hydrating, and then, then sleeping, this dog on Fortnite is a nemesis. These kids <laughs> are these
3: video
2: games uh, all night long, but we're, we're doing okay. I can't complain. We've got good kids. And, you know, I think, uh you know, I've met Garrison Carter over the years. Uh, I think he just took the ADM job. You know the the thing he talks about. You know, do you get up 15 minutes earlier to eat breakfast, or do you really have to push snooze that one more time? You know, and that's that's an interesting concept that I've been trying to talk to our kids about. And you just hope they're listening. The, there's
1: I mean, there's all kinds of cool stuff we can talk about there. I mean, it, you know, get, getting the the fridge in in the facility I think is huge. You know, having that stuff available to them, and then you know, using some of your resources nearby. I know when I got my first job at Denver South, we were dealing with a lot of, you know, poor inner city kids. Literally, you know, you have 80, not nah, probably not quite 80, about 70 kids on the football team. We had like four cars. So, you know, how are you going to mm-hmm. get these kids, you know, around, let alone how are we going to get them something to eat? So honestly, we started just getting those kids food from, you know, Albertsons, Safeways. A lot of those places would donate food and, uh, and get that stuff taken care of. You know, we'd grill out for the kids when we could, especially in the summertime because awesome. they, they couldn't get meals. So, I mean, just, just having things like that. Um, I, I'm trying to get it started up here, you know, doing it every Thursday or w- you know whenever those big squat days you have everybody, we just grill out yep. and, and it gives you another opportunity for your kids to, to hang out, you know, to, mm. to have some of that camaraderie. So I think it, it gives another way. Another thing that we've talked about up here too, um, High V, you know, which is pretty big here in the Midwest. High V actually has yep. registered dietitians who will come and educate your kids and, and talk to your kids about, you know, speak to them. getting on the right diet plan. So I mean it's a there's a, a ton of resources out there, but I think, you know, a lot of times it's it's something that you overlook as a coach, but dude, it's it's fifty percent of what we do. If you if you just do the workout, you get a fifty 50%. percent. Well, fifty percent's an F. So, I mean, you've got you to gotta be able to do the other 50%. and It's like you said, they got to be able to sleep and you got to be able to recover and rebuild that stuff after you tear it down.
2: Well, that's a great idea about high B, two. I hadn't thought about that because we have some kids on the other end of the spectrum that need to lose some weight, and a couple of mm-hmm. them are really, really talented. And, and Coach Fuchs from Wyoming, the uh, offensive line coach, was in recruiting, and, and the first thing he said to the kids, man, you've you got to lose some of that because we would rather put it on you than have to take it off you. And I thought that was a really—that's the first time I'd ever heard a college coach say that. And I thought that was really, really interesting because a lot of those kids get off to the the training tables and they just go crazy, and so they don't want a kid coming in where they need to lose 20 or 30 because it's a its a harder. It just is. So I thought that was—that's you know having Hyvee come in and talk to kids about that stuff. That's a great idea because Hyvee's big here too. Yeah. And oh, w yeah. is just—it's right on the edge of, of Omaha, so there's Hyvee. I think I can go to Hyvee. You know, so it's two minutes away great idea i
0: i think that's the biggest mistake that that uh linemen make going into college is they try to get you know try to gain way too much weight way too fast for no reason um i know it was one that i did and i've seen a lot of our players do it where they balloon up 30 40 pounds because they don't want to be the light guy and, and i try to tell them um their you know their first summer is going to be all with the strength coach and that's who you want to make a positive influence on as soon as you get in there if you're in shape you can really crush the workouts and then strength coach thinks very highly of you and then you got all you got five years to put on some weight so um Mm -hmm. i love that you say that coach because that's what what i try to preach to my guys that that graduate and some of them listen some don't but i wish more of them would
2: yeah you know that's why again when you spoke about bringing in the dietitian you know, the number of times you catch a kid with a 20 ounce pop or, you know, the bag of cheese, I'm not saying you can never do that. You know, I I don't believe in that. I think you gotta, you know, I haven't, you know, we went to a barbecue joint before we went to the Shrine Bowl press conference today and I had a Coca-Cola and you know what, it was delicious. but I don't drink drink Coca-Cola every day because that would make me not fit in my coaching career, you know? So you got, you do, you got to teach these kids and, and let them know. And I think, you know, like you said, some of these kids have this misconception that they got to get so doggone big. you got to be able to move, you know, and especially in the concepts that we run. Uh, we, we like our guards to pull in. We pull our tackles. You know, we're, we're getting out on the edge. We're going across center. We're climbing up to level two. got to be able to have good feet. And doggone, if you're too heavy, you're not going to get a play.
1: I to say, Coach, you've talked a lot about kind of your, your system, you know, what – What's kind of the, the the history of your system? You know, where all of you been? You know, how's your system kind of mm-hmm. evolved? Because honestly, I mean, you guys ha- have been lighting it up. You know, you've had a, a lot of success offensively. You know, you guys have have thrown for a lot of yards. You guys have rushed for a lot of yards. So you, you have a lot of balance. So if you kind of go through some of that, I think that'd be that'd be really interesting.
2: Absolutely. You know, I I was a long-time assistant at Burke High School, which is one of the Omaha public school systems, and. Uh, the guy was a genius on I worked for but the old school. I formed him, so, you know, power, counter, stuff like that. You when know, we had big linemen and in a, in a nice fullback, we were pretty good. I uh, ended up getting a job at a class C school, which would be probably 2A uh, over there in Iowa. Uh, and I tried to run that offense my first year. I had a 165-pound guard, a 130-pound tackle. I had a, a midget playing fullback, and we were bad. And the school was known for basketball, and these basketball kids weren't playing. Uh, and that was about the time that, you know, Oregon was getting pretty game And like, I, I just enjoyed watching it. I, I, I liked the ideas behind it. And uh, luckily with Iowa Western being
3: some close, uh, us,
2: they had reached out my first year because we had a nice receiver and wanted, needed kids to play because they were just opening football. So I take them over there for a visit, and I sat there and talked to the two Stroes. Uh, uh it, yep. you know Scott Stromer as head coach, and then his brother, I believe it was Mike, if I remember right, and we yep, just started talking about the spread. It's the spread off. I fell in love with him. and you know, me, you know, immediately started running it. And then I happened to be at a Kansas City Glazer, and there was a room change, and in walked Darren Slack, and I wasn't even supposed to be there, but he uh, introduced me to the four system, and I was mesmerized and they were running this uh, clinic special. You come up and give them a $100 bill or something like that, and he'll give you the book these. And I went home and I dove in, and I didn't even end up getting to run it at Fort Calhoun. I was in the process of uh, putting it in when I got the Bellevue West job. So we came here, put it all in, uh, and I really were a two-by-two, three-by-one spread team. And I, even though as much as I love R4, I want to spread people out to run the football. But the first two years, we couldn't because our linemen, were, they didn't lift weights at Bellevue West. And it, as you guys know, it takes a long time to develop some strength. Uh, and luckily, we had a couple really young kids. who They ended up starting 43 and 42 games for us. We started them as freshmen because they had good body time. As they got bigger and stronger, some other kids developed. We were able to run the ball. To be honest, I'm probably more R3 than I am R4. I don't ever <laughs> let that quarterback release, you know, on run. so it, it's funny,
3: from you the know,
2: backside under, which I see, a, you know,
3: a lot more on the R4, too. So it's, it's just really worked
2: out well. I think I love timing out to the quarterback's feet. Uh, I think kids get it. And, you know, they know if they, they got to throw a dig on Reed. It just it doesn't feel right when they're wrong. You know, when you take one too many – pitches or whatever you step closes, whatever you choose to teach. I don't like the the toe tap. I tried that last year, but went away from it just because our kids weren't very good at it. But it's just been prolific. And at the end of it all, we're spreading people out to run the ball. And in the passing game, we're trying to get it to the fast dudes in a hurry to make us look smart. And our kids have understood that. And we've been blessed to have enough of those kids.
1: I was going to say, too, I mean, you know, Jalen Bradley, who's, who's at Nebraska, so, I mean, the, the people that mm-hmm. think that, that you guys are, are just cranking it all over the place, I believe his senior year, I mean, what, he rushed for 2,500 yards, like 50-some well, touchdowns. Exactly. So, I it, mean, was,
2: it was 29, and the kid only played in what, three fourth quarters in 14 He had 2,900 yards and 50 touchdowns, and the year before that, he ran for 1,800. Okay, so he's a special talent, right? He's an FBS kid. And so Javon Ducker, our 10th grader this year, ran for 1,700. And, you know, he had, what, he had 26 touchdowns. You know, and it's all inside zone. It's outside zone. We do run, uh, you know, a a version of power, old school Mm -hmm. counter, guard type. We just read everything. And I think that one of the things that sets our run game apart is we're looking at techniques. We are, you know, and, and obviously I don't want to get too much into that and maybe off, off the phone sometime we would, but we run certain plays at certain techniques and it's been huge because when, when I was learning things about this offense, well, we like this play to the three better and we like this one to the, they call it two I, we call it the one. Well, then why don't you just run it to that? Your quarterbacks can see where those techniques are and it, it's been huge for us and you know, we're a mix of pistol and an offset, and, you know, I did defense my first 10 years, so I'm really, uh, really conscious of tendencies. And it's important to me that we self scout and make sure we don't have any. We have just as many plays where the back crosses the quarterback versus staying on the same side as the quarterback because I don't want a guy to say, okay, he's offset. This is what they're doing. Don't want to do that, and it's, it's important to us to figure out ways to make sure that doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, Coach, like you said, there's I'm sure there's definitely something to be said about being able to run, you know, your certain places, certain fronts, you get to uh, run that play a lot of times in practice and in the game. So, uh-huh. so your kids get a, a lot of reps at that that same, same group of plays that you
2: have. Well, that, and that's another beauty to it because they don't – remember when, you, when we were learning power way back in the day, okay, here's how you do it against the three technique. You've got to do this, you've got to do that. Okay, but now you're doing it against the two-high, and now it's different. The double's different. Now it's the center guard instead of the guard tackle. Well, you don't have to do that anymore. you know, and honestly, we see so much two-high safety, and, and, you know, I can't wait to see how this shakes up with Coach Frost and Coach Janander coming back and running an odd front. I'm anxious to see how many schools jump into that. Now, I love running into an odd front because the way we throw screens and the way we throw the ball, people almost always have to be too high. So now you're talking about a 3-2 box. Come on guys. You know, you know as well as I do. You see five cats in there, you're gonna hand the ball off. I don't care if it's third because I don't like punting anyways. I'm not as crazy as the guy at Pulaski Academy, but it's pretty doggone close. If we're past the thirty five, we're not punting. I mean, we'll we'll take some shots at it and what's the worst that's gonna happen? We're gonna give up a touchdown or two. Well, if you score five or six touchdowns, it doesn't matter if you gave up two. So that's a lot lot of awesome coaches out there that had a lot of really good ideas. Uh, I'm just half crazy enough to try them and like them.
0: (laughs) That's awesome.
1: Uh, There's there's something to be said about it, man. I mean, if if you're doing something that you don't like, you're probably not going to do it for very long. You're probably not going to be very good at it. So, I mean, I think once you find something that you're really excited about, you know, and you you go over to Iowa Western and it's like, you know know what? Mm -hmm. This seems fun. I got kids that, That this system will fit, you know, our guys will will start to buy into it. All of a sudden, now it becomes that culture, and and now you now you're thirty three and three, and it's not just a one time deal. It's not a flavor of the month. It becomes, hey, that's what Bellevue West football is all about.
2: Yeah, and and these kids want to come out and play. You know, everyone's, how do you keep getting such good skill kids? Well, because they want to run this system, (laughs) and you know, and we're not crazy. We we keep our off season to an hour. Now in the summer, it's about 90 because we go about 45 minutes in the weight room, and then we'll do a little bit of speed and agility. And, you know, depending on the day of the week, uh, we're going to do, you know, throw in or, or defense, whatever it is. And what I've learned, and it's, at least in our, in our city, if you do more than that, then the kids aren't going to play. They're going to go do AAU basketball. They're going to do baseball. So we, had, we found a pretty good mix. You know, probably, probably hour 45 is what we do in the summer. You know, I, I used to work for some guys that, man, we'd be there for three, three and a half hours every summer. And sure enough, our numbers, you know, we're sitting at 60 kids, 10 through 12. Well, why? Because they want to be kids, too. <laughs> and another thing about running running plays to certain techniques, they don't, you know, it doesn't take as long. You know, so you can get just as much in, but you're, it's a fraction of the time. And the, I mean, we don't huddle. I mean, we get so many plays and we're doing stuff. And, I got a quick, funny story. It was the first year we were doing this at Fort Calhoun, and I didn't teach the kids how to huddle. And we were up big in, in the game, and I said, okay, we're going to slow it down. Huddle up, and we get a delay of game penalty. And I go out there. I'm kind of mad. I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, coach, you didn't teach us how to huddle. So I literally teach them how to huddle there in the timeout. We get another delay of game coming off the timeout. That's, yeah, only two. I've been a head coach for 10 years, and we have two delay of game penalties, and it's those two. So I'm teaching never them. Going Never go in the huddle again, ever. T- teaching them how to huddle
1: and then teaching
2: them how to break the huddle. <laughs> right. It was crazy. No, it's a fun offense for the kids. And, you know, I, you know, another thing that I really like, you know, Saban says it, you know, you run the stuff that you hated to defend, you know, and I love taking shots. You know, double post is probably my favorite play. Because I remember when I was at D.C., every time the other team threw it deep, like you were, your guy, you were hoping your guy was there, you hoping he didn't fall down, you hope it was going to be incomplete, and when the ball hit the ground, you take a deep breath. Well, why not instill that? And that's what I love about the rhythm route so much, because so many of those are home runs. And yeah. if you teach it well enough, you know, obviously when we, we play a lot of people and we've done it long enough, they will try to inside leverage that post. So, you know, you got to teach what open is. You know, so then we'll also, if they inside leverage it, just keep it vertical. It's an easier throw anyways. You know, so it's, it, it's been pretty fun. And gosh, I can't believe you're so aggressive in your play calling. No, I'm not. They're just built in there. Now, does it take time? Yeah, we started last, we just started last Sunday. You know, we can't throw the ball yet. I got too many guys playing basketball. And, you know, I respect our basketball coach. I don't want anybody to get hurt. Okay, but there's no reason you can't be in the classroom and start learning about coverages. Okay, and then you go back the next week. These are the plays we like against this. Here's the rhythm. Here's the read. Here's the rush. You know, there's no reason you can't do that, and the kids want that. You know, I've got my two quarterbacks are both uh, on the basketball team. One's the point guard. One's the sixth man. They're both sitting there, you know, learning how to do it because they want to be good, you know. So I think there's a lot of things you can do without, like, totally taking these kids' whole lives away because, unfortunately, the game, we're losing numbers. You know, uh, we have three middle schools that feed to our program. And when I went to one of them a couple weeks ago to get things ready for open house, there was only 14 kids in the room. And you would think at 33 and three, there'd be 30. Now, when I went to the other school, there was 30, you know, so it's, it's crazy. And so we're getting into a flag football league where I'm going to start teaching these kids even younger about, you know, about our past game. And hopefully that will help, uh, some interest in our sport because I think it's it's the best sport. And I think when you got guys like us that are doing stuff like this and learning and continually making it fun for kids, what better game is there? I don't think there is one.
0: I couldn't Um, agree with you more, Coach. I think me and and Walls both, it's, um, you know, and it's something that we've kind of seen come under attack, especially lately. It's something Walls has been saying for years, but um, it's something that you're seeing, you know, lawmakers trying to, uh, ban tackle football oh, so that you know it's uh we I did an article about it the other day but um it, it's just crazy that, that you know they wouldn't let there would be a law that kids couldn't play up until a certain age tackle football which is um to me you know it's, it's blasph- blasphemy to me because that that's all I ever wanted to do as a kid you know my dad was a coach but um that's mm-hmm. all I could dream about was getting to play tackle football and even you know, five years old out at football games, at the um, high school football games, we never played touch football, uh, you know, underneath the bleachers. We were playing tackle football mm-hmm. because it's just what – Every day them.
2: at elementary recess, every day, and the teachers didn't care, and they let you do it. You know, I, that stuff really frustrates me as well, Coach. You know, if you really – if you dive into the data, you know, and the last one I read, and who knows, there's probably 600 of them, but it says, you know, 28% of participants in soccer get concussions. Okay, yeah. what, what's the sport that people are fleeing football for? It's soccer. And I love soccer. Both my kids play soccer. Ever since then Dominican Sue went through Nebraska and was grew up playing soccer, I was sold. <laughs> right? A dude that big that can move like that, that's insane. And you know, yeah. my kids like it. They're they're little, but you know, it's one of the easier things they can do when they're small, it's good fitness. But twenty eight percent of participants, now football's next at twenty four. Okay, and then basketball sits at twenty three percent So I don't understand why we're getting uh, the attacks, but I think there's certain things that we can do. Obviously I'm sure your states are the same as ours. We have the new contact rules. I just bought a thousand dollars worth of those guardian caps that I'm going to yeah. throw in my office and defensive lineman during practice. And you know what? Uh, are they going to help? I don't know, but I'm going to do everything that I can to help because I want that dad and that mom to know I care because I do. Yeah, Because if the kids aren't playing, then we're out of a job. So. And, sure. and I love coaching football. <laughs> and it's what we want to do. And I'm going to do everything I can for those kids. And, you know, we, you know, we, we don't hardly ever go full-board practice. You know, we go full ball. it's Tuesday and Wednesday. But, shoot,
3: you know, most of it, you know, is
2: hitting up on people. Or, you know, where I do like the hot tackle, hockey tackle, whatever you call it, uh, from uh, Pete Carroll and the Seahawks. I think that's genius. And if you really go back, I've been coaching for 20 years. Most of your tackles are like that anyways, so why not teach it? And we went to we went to that in 2014 in the third game of the season. We were doing the the heads up, and I'll never forget this. We're playing Papio South, and they've got a kid, a fullback that's six foot two, 230 pounds, and our linebacker fit him up perfect. Man, it's the USA Tackling Clinic, and he got trucked. He just got trucked. And I'm thinking to myself, he got trucked doing exactly what we asked him to do. And uh, one of my defensive assistants is called my defensive coordinator now, but he had seen uh, the Hawk Tackling Series, and had sent it to me literally earlier that week. And so I, I went home from that game, pondered it all night, and I just watched those videos all weekend, and we went into those Sunday meetings, we're moving to this, and we will never go back. I just think it's awesome. As long as they're not diving. You, got, you have to do the hip and drive or the hip and roll. The whole diving at the feet is a bunch of malarkey. But, you know, that's why you have to coach, too. I mean, you don't go out there and just roll the ball out and win. But there's a lot of things we can do between the guardian chaos, between limiting contact, uh, shot tackling, that we can make our game a lot better. And, you know, what's, what's the coach over at the Moines Dowling's name?
3: Tom
1: Wilson.
2: Okay, so I listened to him speak uh, in Joplin last year, and I thought this was genius. I'm not getting anywhere with this in our Metro League. So he, got, he goes flag, I believe, third and fourth. Fifth and sixth, they throw on the pads but play flag, and then seventh and eighth, full tackle football. I just, that's kind of it's sticking in my brain. It's something I think might be something to help. I'm not getting anywhere here with it. Our people around here are, aren't very interested in it. But at the same time, we got to do something with numbers declining. Otherwise, we won't, you know, I, I don't want to have, like, we're lucky we have 90, 10 through 12, and we usually have about 35 to 45 freshmen. So we're even, for the most part, two platoon once they get to the varsity. But if, if numbers, if I keep going to junior highs and there's 14 kids there, that's not going to happen. So we're going to do everything we can. And I'm a, I'm a Twitter guy. You know, I've got a, a website. We're doing everything. I make graphics. When I go down to the junior highs of former players, like A.J. Forbes, in Nebraska. So when I went to Lewis and Clark, he was on the graphic. When I went to Logan, it was Jalen Bradley. When I went to Mission, it was Jaden Kowalski, who's probably going to be the quarterback at Northwest Missouri State. Just trying to grab something that those kids get juiced about. Because we have to, because it's the best game out there for kids to play, in my opinion.
1: I love you all the get stuff. You could just sense your passion because, I mean, I can feel it coming through the thing because I'm getting goosebumps I'm the, the same way because, I mean, to, for them to, to, to kind of make some of these claims, you know, about how savage and brutal the sport is and how, you know, there, there's coaches out there that don't care about kids, that makes me feel bad because they're talking about me. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and and at the end of the day, I love kids, and I want them to have as good of experience in football that, that mm-hmm. I had as well. And I agree with a lot of the stuff you're saying. You know, sh- showing that you are willing to change and you are willing to 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 make these things possible, it shows that you do care about the kid. You know, I'm not I'm not just worried about being a meat grinder and running these guys into the ground. So I think I think you know, that well, does that many, does go a long way, guys, man. I, you know, uh,
2: do you, do you think there's many? I don't I don't know I don't think there are. Either.
3: Yeah, well,
2: so, I I oftentimes wonder because you know, like Omaha North is kind of the the top dog in our state right now. They are still, you know, two back tight end, sometimes even 22, and they're running power and they're running counter right at you. But I've been to a couple of their practices. They're not beating the tar out of each other. No. I mean, so if, if guys like that are, I mean, I, I don't think there's many of those guys left, and I sure exactly. hope that there's not. I love what you said about. You know, you want these kids to have the same experiences you did, and I still remember interviewing for jobs. Why? Why do you want to do this? Because my high school football coach was amazing. Yeah. After my father, he's the most influential man in my life up to that point, and it was unbelievable. And I wanted to be like him. And so that's important. And I was—that's—you got me fired up when you said that because that's—we do want it. We want these kids to have these awesome experiences because, you know, it, it as one of the basketball kids that actually brought it up. Uh, in the weight room the other day is, if, you know, coach, and basketball is honestly his first floor and he goes, Coach, you know what I like about football? There aren't very many games, so they mean more. These other sports play so many doggone games that when they lose, oh, well, we play tomorrow night. Or, oh, well, I'm going to play 30 AAU games this summer. Yeah, I'm going to play all summer. You know? yeah, yeah, it's not like that in football, man. You, you know, at max in our state, you get 13. Yeah, And, you know, the, the year we got beaten, the overtime, man, it was like the most unreal situation. Everybody was like – they were crying but staring at each other, just like there's got to be another down. And there wasn't. The seniors were an absolute mess. And our kids last year remember that. And they talked about – And I, kinda, I didn't bring up 2015 to that last championship team. And one of the seniors before the state title game is like, Let's do this for those guys and finish what we tried to do last year. And I'm like, gosh, I didn't even realize he was thinking about that, which was cool. But oh man, else fired up on a Tuesday night of conference week, <laughs> by the way. Wednesday and Thursday night. <laughs> let go. That's, That's fine,
1: why you're Dave. so fired up, man. You want to go to conferences oh man i wish we could have done this
2: tomorrow night i could have stepped out of conferences for a while
0: (laughs) yeah that's right hey we we, um at at broken arrow you know we've got a a former 10-year nfl um offensive lineman that's our head coach and and we're like you said we're a 22 21 sometimes 31 personnel team and and just like you said it, it even with that kind of offense and running power we don't it's by no means a grinder it's uh Um, We're smart with the kids. We do what's right by the kids because we think that's important. So I I think you're Mm -hmm. absolutely right, Coach. I don't think there's any coaches out there that – I'm sure there may be a couple. But for the most part, you know, coaches care about kids. That's why they're in it. As Walls has said a million times, it it definitely ain't for the money. It's it's Mm -hmm. because, you know, they had a coach that really did something for them and and they love the game for that and they want to pay that back to kids to help boys become men and and that's Mm -hmm. you know something that doesn't happen as much it doesn't seem like in a in society anymore but it is important to to grow some boys into men and that's a part of football and and it doesn't have to be a grinder contact every day but just just the sheer fact of getting to play football just um you know teaches you so many life lessons and I couldn't agree more uh with what what you both said on that
2: yeah I totally agree you know you think back and you know all obviously you had great experiences, but you only, you only remember a handful of plays. You remember your teammates and the workouts and you know something, the feeling of exhilaration after something good or or you know the the heart with something bad, unfortunately is how most most everybody goes out. Uh, but man, it's it's something you never forget, and that's what I try to tell the kids. You're never going to look back and wish you hadn't worked so hard. And, and we, you know, and we don't completely rustle, but our workouts are tough. And I'm like, guys, if you can do this, you can do anything. Sure. And, you know, the, the difference is your, your yeah. physical toughness changes to mental toughness. You know, when, when you're married with kids and, you know, money's a little bit tight, you can do it. You can make it work because you made it through our program and you were a winner. And I just, I just really believe in life lessons for absolutely sure.
0: That's exactly right. I was just about to touch on that coach. You took the words out of my mouth, but you know, after playing football, there's a lot of stuff in life now that are easy that, um, with, with some of my, my people that are, um, you know, that are the same age and maybe, you know, have a different, different job that didn't go through football and they're complaining about little things that I think, Oh, that's not a big deal at all to me. And, and I attribute that almost fully to football and, um, working hard through suffering and through, um, you know, failures and still coming out on top. And, and um, so it's definitely something that set me apart from, from other other people my age whenever it comes to um, anything else in life. Like you said, even with, with marriage or be your job or, or uh, going on a little sleep, you know, it's something that you're used to.
2: Mm-hmm. I, yeah, you, I th- you just get up and you handle it because that's what you do. right? You know, and you, know you look at football, there's, you know, obviously there, there's value in every sport. But, you know, one of the things that I always tell our kids is, you know, Friday night doesn't care how old you are. Friday, Friday night doesn't care how tall you are or how much you weigh. You know, we're, we're a lot of, you know, and, you know, I love wrestling as well. You know, I'm not a wrestler myself, but I encourage all of our guys that aren't basketball players to wrestle. And, but the thing about wrestling is you're weighing some of that weighs the exact same as you. Well, when you're that 198-pound DM and you're playing against a 270-pound tackle, okay, he don't care that you weigh 198, he's going to try to smoke you. You've got to find a way. And, and we can't care that you care if you're giving up that much weight you got to get it done for us because we're counting on you and we say that to our guys man you know how do, how do we count on you we see you we see you care you know it's not about you it's about us you know we that's another thing I love about our communities like we, we move kids we're going to put our best kids out there and that's another reason I believe in two platoons you know you get, you get two kids that are fresh I believe are going to be better than a great kid tired and now that great kid is is super explosive. He can go 80 on one touch or totally whoop that 260-pound tackle because he's not tired from being the tight end, too. But, you know, that's to each their own and the whole other, you know, I got in a conversation about that with a college recruiter today, and he thought that, you know, you should play all your studs and and all the time both ways. I don't believe in that. Why don't you do that in college then, Buster?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I I mean, for me, you know, the... J.R. Conrad had a quote the other day, and I'd read it on Twitter on, on one of our deals because we we're talking about all this. and And he said, "I think the, the last kids, the last thing our kids need is us to keep making things easier for them." And mm-hmm. I, and, and I just think life has has just gotten to be that way. You know, it's, there's more technology, there's more ways to do stuff. You know, honestly, I th- I think school's gotten easier. You know, we, we keep mm-hmm. we keep lowering some of these standards, lowering some of these standards. It's like, oh, you know what? I don't want to get sued. Let everything. Are... Yeah, I'm gonna let the kid go do this. I think f- football is one of the last things we have to teach
2: kids that life is hard. So there's gonna be some. That. I saw that tweet, man. That's a good one. You know, I, I also teach a health class a couple periods a day. One mm-hmm. of these days, I'm gonna just be football coach in waistcoat. That would be awesome. I can tell then, but I tell them all the time, man. I don't think it's so much that kids have changed nowadays. I think it's of adults have changed. Like you said, we make it too on easy for them. Because the best kids now are better than any of the kids have ever been. I mean, it's amazing what some of these kids accomplish and how driven they are. But sadly, the worst kids are worse than they've ever been and doing things that we wouldn't even have envisioned. Well, again, we've made it too easy. There's too much screen time. There's too much craziness in games. I was a video game nerd growing up, but my parents didn't let me sit down there all day and play it. You know, I wouldn't rather have been on a video game than out playing hoops in the front yard. You know, which you're right, man. I think they, they kicked me out of the house, up. man. Yeah, right.
0: Coach, going back, you you talked a little bit about um, you know bringing bringing the kids in and and you want to teach them football, mm-hmm. but you don't want to keep them there for too long in the off season because yep. it is their off season. Um, one of the best things, and it's a little bit of a shameless plug because it's a, a company we work for, but uh, we just instituted a thing called Team Attack this last year and um, it's a way for us to actually do some of those classes. We do them online so we push it out to these kids and take like an online class but that's been one of the big ones and that was the reason we started it which is why I wanted to talk about just real quick was that was why we started it. We we got kind of tired of needing the kids up there for so long and we knew they wanted to get away and, and so it was a way for us to put the information up on an online classroom. They could check it on their phones when they were out at lunch and they get some of the same information without needing to spend the time. And I think it's been a really big benefit for our kids because, uh, even when you get up to the college level, the more time you spend up at football, um, if you're spending eight hours a day at football, you just, I don't care what they say. It's hard to have a, a high amount of energy when you're up there for eight hours. So, um, Um, You know, if we can get them up there, and they can kind of check some football stuff on their own time online, and then when they're up at football, they're only there for a couple hours, and it's hardcore, full go, and they still know all the information. That's been uh, a big benefit for us, and that was one of the reasons why we put it in, uh, was because we didn't want to take all of these kids' times and wanted them to still be able to be kids.
2: Yeah, and that, that's a pretty powerful concept, too, because, you know, even with us starting on Sunday night, we had two kids that couldn't make it. So then here I am Wednesday, at, you know, in the last 30 minute walk of the day and, you know, catching these two kids up, you know, so that would, that would be a pretty cool platform to have. And, uh, and there's so much available technology wise, you know, especially right. right now we're just we're talking about coverages and how we're, there's no reason that you couldn't do that uh, digitally like that, especially with the devices the kids have nowadays.
1: Well, that's what I started doing too, to, to make it easy on myself. When, when kids were gone, I, w- I would just videotape my teach tape. So whatever the install was that night, you have somebody film it. That way you have it online. Those kids can go back, relearn, relearn, relearn. And then those two kids that didn't make it all of a sudden, now they have that resource. I they like can do that. it. They can do it. And, and you know what? Now I can go play with my kids or hang out and do whatever I want to do. Cause I only had to do it one time. So it's another great feature we use with our, our team attack stuff too.
0: And like you That's said,
1: coach, all
3: the, kids,
0: all the kids got a phone or, a, you know, we're blessed at our, at our school that they, they've each got a uh, laptop at school. So, um, you know, and, and like you said, their phones attached to them at all times. So it's nice for them to, mm-hmm. when they want to be able to do that. So, uh, you know, one, one of the ways we're trying to help with that, um, Getting back into football a little bit more uh, specifically, you know, you guys are an up-tempo team, it sounds like, right? You're trying to snap every um, – the big part of that as far as when I was in college was the conditioning part. So, I'm kind of curious to see what – you know, what's your – what's your guys' idea on conditioning? Is it, you know, do you guys have to run a bunch at the end or is it, you know, practice is so up-tempo that the kids kind of get used to that tempo and that's how they get conditioned?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked that. I just had this conversation with, uh, with an a 3 tenant just this week. And coach, in 10 years of being the head coach, i never ran one sprint during the season. Uh, we try to run so many plays in practice. Uh, I, I script out every single period, you know, and we, uh, I'm lucky enough that we, we get some student managers. We put it on the scoreboard. It's, it's quite a bit like a college. Uh, to where, you know, you know, how much time's left. I script and obviously I I script out more than we could possibly get in. it's just go, 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 uh, be in no huddle. You don't take time. I just yelled out. The only, the, the negative to it is our scout kids get kind of smart after a while and they know what's coming, but I also don't mind that because I suppose if the scout kids know what's coming okay, that might give them a little bit of an advantage, what makes it a little bit tougher, because I think in the high school football, that's one of the hardest things to, to put out a decent scout team, so uh, I will tell you, uh, yeah, we, we rep as many times as we can, you know, we start out every practice, uh, I, this is crazy, and I've done it now for, well, since I've been at LWS West for five years, we don't stretch at the beginning of practice, and we don't even do it dynamic anymore, we literally start out with jet jet drill which is like a jet sweep you know i don't know whatever you guys call it yep. or our screen drill and we just we just run through them over and over and we put the ball at the 15 yard line and the kids have to fit you know the linemen has to go on their path the backs receivers the court now the only one that's weird for us the quarterback and so like he'll throw the screen or flip the jet and i make him run to the goal line everybody's got to clear two yards into the goal line and they go around and we usually run three through then my defense on the other half of the field they're either doing an interception drill or a turnover circuit or tackling circuit, something where they're like always moving. So that's how we attack that. And I I told this dad, I told him, I'm like, you know what? It's been 10 years. I've never been at the end of a game or I thought our kids were out of shape. So I guess until that happens, I, you know, now we working pretty hard in the summer. And one of the things I think we do the way we lift weights We run it on a 50-second clock, and they're groups of three, so you're only going to get about a two-minute break, about a minute 50 break in between your sets. And I know that's not the best for muscle recovery, but I don't care if a kid can bench 350 pounds. I care that he's somewhat strong and can go over and over and over again because I feel that that replicates the game a little bit better. You know, we don't power lift at Bellevue West, you know, and I just don't believe in it. We're It's all athletic-based stuff. We have short rest. Uh, and then we run a ton of plays at practice, and, and that's just what I believe in, and we've had a lot of luck with it, and uh, we'll continue to go. The only time we do a dynamic and a stretch is on Thursday, so they don't look stupid on Friday before the game, because everybody's <laughs> got to do loud jumping jacks and clap before a game, right?
1: Saber, well, maybe one of these absolutely. Days,
2: <laughs> maybe, maybe one of these days I won't even do that, because I see some teams don't even do that anymore. They just get in little position groups and go. I mean, I don't know. If some things we oh, do football, just to this, I <laughs> but I do like those Belby West jumping jacks. So I don't know if I could ever get rid of those.
1: <laughs> no, they sound cool, man. They, they, they make I'm it look a weird
2: good. a cat, man. Guys, I'm a weirdo. <laughs> it is <what> it is.
0: <laughs> I love it, man.
2: I hey
3: coach, one of the things
0: I, I love it too, because I was the worst yeah. part was warming up, dude. Yeah. I, I, I,
1: I can't stand honestly like like team stretch and stuff like that. I'm 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 not a fan of it at all either. So I mean I'm I'm with you on that. Let's get some indie drills, let's get some skill work done. Yep. Let's throw some screens. Let's let's just get them moving, get their body core temperatures up and let's go practice. I mean yep.
3: I, I think there's there's a we lot have, of ways haven't around had that. Any
2: problems. We have we haven't had hamstring yeah. issues, quality. we haven't had anything. So I mean obviously uh, if we'd had issues like that, then I would look into it, but I think those two drills are fantastic ways to get going because, you know, it's just, it's what we do. And look at all those extra reps we get, you know, we'll do our jets and then we'll do our variations off the jets on Tuesday. And uh, yeah, Tuesday, Monday and Wednesday, we do the screen twice just because I love screens. I want to run 10 to 12 screens every game just because of the type of kit that we have. And I remember being a defensive coach, man, those kids get tired running those cats down. You know, even if, you know, it's not a big play, they're easy completions. So you're not worried about, you know, it being second and 10 or third and 10. I mean, you're just going to get, even on the bad one, you're getting two or three yards, if not 70. So, I mean, this has been really good for us. And I stole that, just like you do most of the stuff. I mean, when I did the Shrine Bowl in 14, the guy that called our offense, that's how they started their practice. Stealing this. And never have never looked back.
3: Well, it's a,
1: good, it's a good thing for tempo teams, too. I mean, you guys, you, the defense isn't lined up correctly. I mean, you're throwing a boundary screen. You're throwing something quick to the perimeter. So mm-hmm. it, it makes a lot well, of sense. you're
2: getting an extra you know? 10 minutes, too. Yeah. You're getting an extra 10 minutes. You know you, you know, you don't want to practice them all night. You want to get them home for dinner and get to do their homework and see their families. You know, you had 10 minutes here, you had 10 minutes there, and then all of a sudden it's really late. We try, to, we try to keep our practice time down. At the beginning of the year, it's about 2.20. You know, and yep. I change it every three weeks and knock off five to 10 minutes, but by the end of the year, you know, we're right at two hours and we're getting everything done. That's including special teams, you know, cause again, when you're doing things to one technique, you know, the, the thing I like about the R4, you're not, okay, if they're in too high and they're in one, high, you don't have to do all that anymore. Nope. Okay. You know, you, you look at it, but it's there and you can streamline it pretty well. And uh, read your, again, read your progression, I've, man. I've, I've, yep i've never felt that we were out of shape and i've never felt that we were unprepared and so if that ever happens maybe i'll re- reevaluate but things are going pretty good and and uh, hopefully they'll continue that way forward
0: that two-hour practice sounds nice walls you remember we went to michigan and i think michigan had like a six-hour practice it was something ridiculous yeah they hey, went you know, three
2: different like, practices I'm chopping up right now. So in the last couple of years, our school starts earlier and earlier every year. So the last two years, we've literally, uh, you know, we don't really have two days, but like I'll bring the kids in from 6.15 to 7.15 in the morning on the first official day of practice and we'll do uh, a couple special teams and maybe a seven on seven. Okay, and then I bring them after school for a two-hour, 15-minute practice. And we did that Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then school started Thursday. I don't like bringing the kids in before school and then have them go to school all day. I don't want those teachers mad at me. But I've been, I've been thinking in my brain, we'll be better off just to go for three hours at night. But then again, I don't want to be out there for three hours. What do you, what do you guys do? Uh,
0: we've got to go. At Broken Arrow, we've got to go um – we just bring the kids in because our, our school starts at seven forty five, So almost impossible yeah, for us to, to bring yeah. them in. I mean, you could do it, but, um, it's tough. And then you're fighting, you know, banging your head against the wall to try to make sure every kid's there. And then, you know, so mm-hmm. it makes it tough. We bring the kids in and we have a, you know, two hour practice and, and try to get them out of there. But obviously every coach wants meetings before meetings after and, and that's where it gets tough. Um, the best thing that I've seen, and it's what the big schools in Texas do, because we play a couple of those. we played South Lake and um, you know Us Trinity and stuff, and we got to go down to a school in Austin, and what they do is, you know I, I don't know how you'd get to do this, but they bump their school doesn't start till like nine o'clock, and then they've also go on block scheduling. And then their first block is always football. So, again, I don't know how they do this, but they they come in at like 7.30. They bring the kids in at 7.30. They go from 7.30 to 9, whatever workouts. And their block schedule is football the first two hours. So, they go from whatever, 9 to 11, they go practice. Um, And then they go to school for whatever, two periods basically. And then they bring them in again after school and they have a second practice. And they do that every day for the entire season and so they get two a days you know i'm sure they're smart with it and i'm sure they they've got ways to plan around for making contact all day every day but you can tell when those schools come and play like southlake they don't have just amazing amazing uh skill athletes you know they've got kids that are strong and that know football front and back because you could tell they've had two-a-day practices um for a whole Mm -hmm. week. so that I think that would be the best of all worlds, but I don't I don't know how you I don't know how you get that done.
2: Yeah, we we have a, a first hour class of weightlifting. They put all football players in. That works first semester, but then when we change at the winter break, and you know I've got a couple basketball kids, and they're fine. I mean I, I like working with everybody, but it is nice when it's all your kids. But I don't have them all. I you know, I didn't have all my starters and stuff like that. So no, that'd be cool. That'd be a great way to start the day every day. Yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, well. That's how we do
1: it here. I mean, we, we start at about 8.30, 8.25 when we start. So we have an early bird wait, so four days a week. Because on Wednesday, we have professional development. So Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday we have time to lift. And then if we cut the lift a little bit short, we also have some time to meet before they have to go to class or whatever. So that makes it kind of nice. But then it really stinks at the end of the day, you know, we can't start practice at 14. So if you're going to go a little bit later, I mean, by the time you go two hours, it's 6, 6.15, 6.30, it gets to be a little bit late. Whereas I was used to the, the Oklahoma schedule when I was down there, you know, you'd have your football block sixth hour. So you're basically starting practice or meetings at 1.30 and you have a chance to, to kind of get done by, you know, 4.15, 4.30. I'm not used to all these late yeah, nights. Nice. So I'm, I'm always looking for more efficient ways to do it. But it is nice to be able to get your lift done in the morning and not have to worry about that aspect of it. Mm-hmm, for sure.
0: Well, uh, Coach, kind of the last thing that, that I wanted to kind of speak on was something that was really intriguing to me. Obviously, we, we knew I was, we were going to have you on and so did a little research and, and brought up your homepage. And, uh, you know, everyone talks about culture or philosophy or, or whatever it seems like nowadays. But. Um, your philosophy of your team you know heat is actually on your very front page there's the mm-hmm. uh, the home button and then right next to that is philosophy which um, I don't think I've, I've ever seen on a high school page before which was awesome I loved it but um, could you kind of talk us through a little bit what what heat is and it's obviously something extremely important to you guys because uh, important enough that that something you put on your on the front page of your website
2: Yeah, you know, and I'm and I'm glad you brought that up because you know I've I've had the opportunity to build uh, two programs uh, that not that they were horrible, but they were they were average. Both schools that I became a head coach at, and uh, I just knew that you had to develop the person, and it's it's my philosophy that if we build a better person, they're going to become a better football player, and the more better football players you have, you're going to win more games, and so you sit there and you listen to a lot of people and you know, what's important, you know, what kind of is there. And then you got to find, it's kind of cheesy, but you got to find something catchy. And and that's where heat was developed. You know, uh, I I coached for a guy that his was ET. It was effort and toughness. And I really liked that. But I also think there's more than effort and toughness. And that's where the heart uh, and the attitude came in. And you know, when I was building the program, we talked about it all the time. And to be real honest with you, the last few years, I didn't focus on it as much. And, as I, you know, we go nine and two, we're a little bit frustrated about it. And I'm reflecting back and I'm like, we got to get back to what we, why, why can't you stress the same things when you're winning as you did when you're building? And so this winter, I literally spent a couple grand on signage. And now, you know the heart, the effort, the attitude, the of toughness. Play with heat. Live as champions. And then we talk about one of those letters every single day. We live four days a week. We Monday through Thursday. And you know the heart. You know teaching kids. It's not. And I said it earlier today. It's not about you. It's about us. You got to care about each other. It shouldn't matter if you're playing inside linebacker, D end, or you're playing tight end. You you need to go where we need you, and you need to care. You know I, it's really important to me that. My coaches are good to the kids. I don't want yellers and screamers and jerks. I want them to love on these kids. And almost all of our coaches are dads. And I don't expect them to, you know, to be fatherly. But at the same time, some of these kids need that. And it's their job to understand that. You know, I want them to have relationships with our kids. And, you know, uh, the state championship thing, we didn't make it. So I had every single returning starter over at my house just to start that bonding experience. You know, i said lucky enough to have a couple TVs in my basement. We put the championship game on one. We put PlayStation 4s on the other ones. And the kids just played video games and had fun and shot the breeze and really kind of find out how the kids interact. So I think that heart piece is really, really big. And, and effort, and one thing I've really tried to stretch the effort out, everybody knows about football effort, you know, play with your hair on fire. I always say, you know, the skin peeling from your eyeballs and all that fun stuff that you say But what about in your math class? You know, what's your effort like there? Because more and more of these grades, especially when it went from 2.0 to 2.3, okay, your Mm -hmm. effort on a day-to-day basis has to be better in the classroom. You know, no zeros this week, man. You got to put that effort. You guys are doing an awesome job in the weight room, The attendance is amazing. The intensity is amazing. But listen, we got to do a better job getting those English formative assignments in or whatever, you know, the science of whatever it is. Uh, I think that effort, you know, I stole it. But if it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. I don't care if you're shoveling your driveway because, gosh, they're going to keep snowing. It needs to stop snowing, okay? <laughs> But go shuffle your driveway. When you're mowing the grass, are your, lines, are your lines straight? Okay, I mean, it's just important effort in everything that you do. And one of my favorites, I'm a big John Gordon fan. Yeah. And attitude. Okay, I want a positive attitude. I don't want a bunch of mopey dudes on my football team. You know, and, and I'm, guys, I, I told you I'm a weirdo. If I see a kid moping around, I'll go, hey, man, you need a big hug. And I'll give him a hug. And I know high school boys like anybody hug him. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, come on. And then there's that little smile, smiley, little sheepish grin. Because you want pleasant guys. And you obviously want that can-do attitude. You know, we played Miller with us, which is another perennial strong team in our, in our uh, state. And uh, we're down 14 points entering the fourth quarter. And let's not forget, we hadn't lost a game in a long time. And our offense was playing like doo-doo, like the poop emoji. And our outside linebackers going up and down like, you guys got this. you got this. You're going to pull it out. And gosh dang it, guys, we flipped and pulled it out. You know, having that attitude of you can do anything. You just got to put your mind to it. And that's where toughness comes in. You know, everybody everybody knows football, you got to be physically tough. And you can't pass up a hit. Okay, if you get whooped, you've got to get back up because, you know what, it's the mental toughness that separates the good teams from the bad teams. Because every time – think about this. When you play the best teams, you both have good talent, you both have good size, you're both strong, and you're both well-coached. Well, then what pulls, it, what pulls it apart? It's your mental toughness. When that kid just whooped you on this down, you're able to let it go and go to the next play. You know, when you get a bad grade on your math test, to shut down or to go in, you, you really buckle down and start studying more. You know, I just, I just, I think they all play together really well. And, and we talked about it earlier tonight. You know, if you really teach the right things, the rest will take care of itself because I really feel after the fifth, the, the 11 and one and the 13 and no, we started to think too much about the W versus the heat. And after the reflection of, you know, December's long when you're not coming off a championship season, but ch- when you win a championship, December flies by so quick, you need Christmas break just to like figure out who you are again. But this December was long. And with a lot of reflection, you got to get back into that. And guys, it's funny. It's almost better for your soul because mm-hmm. I feel better, you know, and I know I'm making it deeper. Not that we cheated the kids from last year's group, because most of them have been on the other teams where we talked about it. But we didn't focus on it. I didn't talk about it every day after practice like I usually do, you know. And this is never going to happen again. And it doesn't have to be long. They're not like fifteen minutes, but it's three to five minutes on something to do with one of those letters. And there's a lot of things that you can come up with for heart. There's a lot of things you can come up for effort, you know. And I just try to find something short. Like I said, two, three, five minutes on something every day that they hear. And they hear, and after a while, they believe. Especially when we're lucky enough to have the success that we've had.
1: I, I love it because I mean because I, I just think you know, anytime you can have clear standards in your program, and then they're not just a piece of paper. It's it's something that you're mm-hmm. living and that you're breathing. And then, you know, when 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 you're able to say those things, Coach, you know that that makes me, you know, I'm like, okay, Co- Coach Huff's got it going on. You know, he's a guy that can look in the that. Well, he's, a, he's the guy that can look in the mirror, though, and, and he can say, you know what, I, I, I made a mistake, and here's some things that, that I need mm-hmm. to fix. And when you're able to do that, and you're able to tell your kids that, and you're able to tell other people that, you're, you're comfortable in your own skin, all of a sudden it becomes a lot easier for those kids to, to own up to their mistakes and all of a sudden yeah, kind of take, we had, take we more in it. You, you know them. what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, we, you know, this same, same discussion I had with you, with you guys, I had with them, and yeah. I apologized to them. Because, you know, in other schools you guys are at, and there's a lot of good football. And sometimes you, you chase the W too much. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And, and, I, and I, do, I do believe that if, if you focus on the other things, the Ws come. And, and you can do both because we've done both. Yes. And, uh, you know, I apologize to the kids. And, and it's, I feel better. I feel better about what we're doing on a day-to-day basis when we're talking about those things. Well, That's I'll- awesome
0: that's awesome and I love that you talked about that you do talk about class coach uh you know the classroom because uh, that's a lot that's a thing I think that a lot of times just you don't even have to do go over you know over and and beyond on that you just have to talk about that it's important to you and just by doing mm-hmm. that it, it becomes important to the kids because they know hey okay if that's important to coach then it's important to me you know just taking like you said a, a few minutes a day to talk about it uh seems to really resonate with the kids and um, you know, I think that is really important and something that it's it's really easy to overlook.
2: Well, and the, and the teachers like it, too, because, you know, well, geez, uh, Coach, so-and-so got a bunch of stuff in. He said that you guys were talking about it after school. And, you know, and that helps because now you've got a kid that, you know, maybe is struggling a little bit. Now that teacher might be willing to work with him just a little bit more. And not that they don't before, but, you know, so, you know, when they know that, you know, we're, we're forcing those things here and we great check our kids. You know, but that, the problem is, like, right now, we have nothing to hold over. I'm not going to take a kid out to the goal line right now and have him roll 100 yards. I'm not going to do that. But we're going to talk about turning in your daily assignments because when you do that, it's going to make the test easier, ding-dongs. Okay? And when you turn in your daily assignments every day, your tests get better, your teachers are more willing to work with you, and voila, all of a sudden, now your grade's better. You know, it's not rocket scientists, but it's the little things that you have to continually reinforce and you know I I just got back for the last three minutes of waste today because we had our press conference in Lincoln about the Shrine Bowl and i was so proud of our DC which you really like this as an older coach hearing the young coaches when they have to address the group because you can tell they're listening and coach McVay brought up the fact about their grades and getting this I mean I love the fact and the more people to hear it from the more it's going to impact them.
0: No doubt, Coach. That, that's awesome. Um, well, i uh, try to get you off, off here. I know we've taken you, you know, taking a lot of your time, but kind of the last question I like to ask everybody is, um, when, when you're watching another team play and, and you're looking, you know, I'm an offensive line coach, so selfishly I ask this question, but uh, you're, you're looking at another team play and you're watching their offensive line, what's something their offensive line uh, would be doing that would, that would make you think really highly of their coach, their offensive line coach?
2: Uh, I want to see him finish through the echo of the whistle. You know, one of the things that you don't like to see offensive linemen stand up, they're hitting the right guy, and then they stop. You know, it's really important to us, like in our scheme, that obviously you're hitting the right people, but then you keep going because when we have some talented skill kits, I want to see our guys on our screen plays, on our zone plays, I want to see them 12, 15 yards down the field. And, you know, you know, some of the better ones that we've had, you'll see them 25, 25 yards down the field knocking off a weak side safety because they're on their path. And I think part of that is those drills that we do to start practice because they're used to running that far, and they want to get in it. And, and we're, we're going to do that. I mean, we, we, we've, we, uh, we have helmet decals, and that thought barely came out. Uh, we have helmet decals, and we have explosive plays. And, then those kids want them. And all 11 guys get them if it's an explosive play, not just that back or quarterback. Those linemen get them too. And they understand being down the field, being hooked up as the whistle. Now, unfortunately, coach, sometimes we get some late hits. Which, so, <laughs> if it happens, when oh well. dog got <laughs> <laughs> dog got it, knock it off. Get two, then you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what that's what's really important to us that those guys play through the echo of the whistle. And I've had some great line coaches that are doing a good job of stressing that.
1: Well, coach, man, this has been uh, absolutely awesome. I, I, I wish we could do a, a whole another hour. So uh, you're, you're pretty close to me, so I think we, we might have to uh, to head on over there and hook up sometime. I know my brother actually coaches it. there at, at uh, Lewis and Clark. So you know, I got I got some yeah, connections there.
2: they were my thirty. They were my thirty <laughs> in there, so I was happy about that.
1: <laughs> so, I, so I guess They're the other coach does. Co- I guess the other coach, Walls, is doing his job too. So we'll give him a shout out as well. But uh, he, he's told me.
2: They're actually going to come to the Lincoln Clinic with us. They're signing up on our, our deal. So it'll be fun.
1: Awesome. Yeah, He's he, I know he says a lot of great things about you. So you, you were one of the guys I wanted to make sure we, we try to get on the podcast. But it's been a pleasure, man. I, I've, uh, I've learned a lot, and I look forward to, to hopefully meeting you. And, and let's sit down and let's talk some more ball, man.
0: That's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank our sponsors, Health IQ, Audible, and Team Attack Academy. Go get your free quote at healthiq.com runthepower. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it will allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power.
3: Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.